Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Folks, uh, it's been, to my recollection, it's been kind of a slow news week this week. I'm not talking about that Jesse Smollett incident anymore. I'm not giving it any more of my energy. People can, you know, make their own uh, assumptions about how things played out because, you know, the charges were dropped or whatever complicated mess happened with that, you know, they didn't pay for his bail. He didn't have to, he didn't get his bail back or however that whole thing played out. It's been a confusing ordeal and I don't really want to give it any more of my energy. So that was about the, one of the biggest things this week uh, that was news wise, really grabbed my attention. Obviously I'm sure there was a ton of things, but they're escaping me right now. I don't really, I can't really think of anything. One of the things I really wanted to just give a quick shout out. It's not quite good vibes, but I wanted to give a shout out to it because it is a positive. It's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, two men who were wrong, wrongfully convicted in 1976 were released uh, after DNA uh, evidence allowed you know their lawyers to overturn their conviction. They spent the last 43 years in jail. It Man. was an uncle and a nephew. Uh, they were accused of like shooting somebody in a car. The witness testimonies were kind of shaky. There was no real strong evidence that put them behind bars, but yet they spent the last 43 years in jail and they were released this week. So um, I want to give a congratulations. You know, I mean, that's such a big chunk of your life to get taken away from you. But congratulations to Clifford Williams, who is now 76 years old, and his nephew, Nathan Meyer, who is 61. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah. 43 minus 76. Whew, terrible math. That, he was like, like 30. 33. Yeah. yeah, he was like 33 years old when he went in prison, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's insane to have that much of your life snatched away. And then his nephew was a decade younger than him, so he got put in jail in his 20s. So Kids, college. They get, they get some type of Man, who money. knows? Who knows how that's going to play out? It just happened this week. I'm sure they're going to try to, you know, file to get some grievances and, you know, go out and do interviews and try to get sue the, the like city a, or the state or something. dollars or something. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Uh, and and sometimes sometimes you just don't have an alibi. And if you know if a if a if a police department wants you, they they can make you fit to be the person if you if you 
if you were in the area, mm-hmm. if you know the person, they can make it stick. And that seems to be what happened with these people. You know, just uh, like uh, was it Long Shot? Yeah, right. I mean, uh, that documentary that was, was such an eye opener to me, especially as a brown person in America, to be like, "Wow, man!" I mean, you go in that That's room, insane. you think you're in there of your own volition, you slip up and say the wrong thing when you're in that interrogation room, and they got you, mm-hmm. and then you know, you're you're facing the rest of your life in prison. And that dude was lucky that. Larry David was filming a show <laughs> when he was at a baseball game. It was yeah. such the small... There's so many other people who are in a situation like that who are just in jail right now for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And they're like, bro, I didn't do this. And like, yeah, sure. Okay. See you in the morning. Bink. And you hear that fucking jail cell mm. shut every night. And you're like, I didn't do anything. You know? So um, congratulations to those two gentlemen. 43 years stolen is nothing to, you know... I mean, it's such a bittersweet congratulations to give them because I couldn't imagine, you know, going out. Me, me, like if me and you, one of the nights we went out to a movie theater or something like that and somebody got stabbed and we went to like hold their the pressure wound or something and then the police show up and I got blood on my hands and you're th- there too. And they're like, you guys did this. And it's like, no, well, why you got blood on you? And I just, we just can't come up with the right story to make it make sense. And then we get caught up in the whirlwind, don't make any of the right moves, speak without our parents in the room, you know, uh, mess up on a time, say we were going to this movie and we were going to that movie, Mm. hold out some information that we think might make us look bad and then they find it out and we look extra guilty and now we're doing life in prison for murder. It can really go that way. And it seemed to have went that way for these two gentlemen and they spent the last 43 years of their lives in prison. That is such an amount Mm. of time some people don't even live 43 years. A yeah. lot of people don't even live 43 years. They had 43 years of their lives stolen away. This dude's 76 years old now. You know, God, if he's if he's if he's blessed by God, he he can get another 10, 15 out of this life. But he got 43 stolen. So he now he's got to really make the best out of whatever life he's got left. That's he's all they're all institutionalized now. You spent 43 years in jail. They've been in jail longer than they've been on the street. And you know, you come out of jail now. 43 years ago, 1976, man, it's fucking Lamborghinis and shit and yeah. iPhones and laptops. You don't, you can't function. You know, I, I wouldn't be, and I don't, I don't want to, I hope this isn't the case, but there, I've heard cases of people when it's this much of adjustment, some people just like kill themselves, man. There's like, I just, I can't function in this world. I don't know this world. You know, I lost a bunch of my, my mom's dead. They, I mean, this dude's 76 years old. His mom's probably not alive anymore, and he probably didn't get to go to her funeral. No. You know, just heartbreaking shit like that, man. So, again, it's a bittersweet congratulations. I hope they sue the shit out of, this, you know, the, the, the yeah. state that they live in, uh, which is, is escaping me right now. I don't really have that up. But whatever state they live in, I hope they sue the shit out of them and, and, and get some kind of – it's Jacksonville, Florida. Mm. Of course, this is a Florida story. But I hope they get some kind of, you know, compensation back. I mean, money can't – buy happiness in this case. I'm a firm believer that I'd like to be given the chance to see if money buys happiness. Mm-hmm. But if you steal 43 years of my life, I mean, you give me a couple million dollars, I'm still 60 years old. I'm still 76 years old. Like, what, you know, like, I, what am I going to do with this? I can go live the rest of my years out on a beach somewhere, I guess, but... Make the most of it. <sighs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, yeah, man. That's a long time. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter was like, man, if... <laughs> if I got convicted of something I didn't do and had to spend 46 years of my life in jail for killing somebody, I should get to kill somebody. 
That shit made me laugh. I was like, I, will, I, will. I, was like, I should get a one a, a, yeah. a kill pass. Yeah, something. Just so I didn't spend all this time in jail for it. Y'all might as well let me do it. I'm I'm going for whoever put me in there. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, whoever whoever did it because yeah. they got to spend oh, the last forty three yeah. years of their life oh. just free and didn't come yep. forward and yep. say anything. You should go over to lock the person. me in a room. Yeah, yep. lock me in a room with him and 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 let me just just go away. Let that's me, like, crazy. That person probably was just chilling. Just absolutely chilling. I'm not going or two people because they convicted two people. Maybe who knows how many people actually did it and then ne- they'll never find them. Now it's forty three years later. I did <laughs> probably. Dang. One bunch, of, you know, our serial killer theory, man. Who knows how many uh, bodies and states are connected to one person, but that person got caught for one and just is in jail right now or yeah. died, and we'll never know. It's crazy, man. Maybe, he, maybe he left a letter behind, you know, saying he did it. Fuck no. <laughs> That's what that lady that who, who lied on Emmett Till she did that, and it was like, fuck you. Yeah. It's like fuck, like like just you should have just kept you that should, to yourself. I was about to say you should just because all with you that. did was just yeah, piss people just, off. Yeah, just die. All with you that. did was just to, to to think that that's giving you some kind of relief on your deathbed to go, oh yeah, no, I'm a lying ass bitch. No. Take that, you know, like take just, that to the grave. Yeah, okay. man. I mean, that's so fucked up, man. Just some stuff you should just just don't tell people. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nuts. Uh, anyway, you know, uh, um, once again, I want to give. Uh, I don't even know condolences. I don't even like. I don't need. It's like I'm happy for them, but it's so fucked up. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's positive. But I want to give still congratulations to um to Clifford Williams and and uh, Nathan Meyer. Freedom is you know freedom's always beautiful. So congratulations to them. Uh, anyway, to get out of that, let's jump into these good vibes because that didn't really make me feel good. Even though you know what I mean. Sometimes news it should be good, but it's not. No, that didn't make me feel great. So let's jump into some good vibes and try to turn this whole thing around. Yes, that's right. It's time for another good vibe segment. To all those, we're about a week out. For those of you who have seen us, you you understand what I was talking about last week when I say Jordan Peele probably listens to the podcast. I don't mean to, you know, uh, be boastful and you know, modesty is key. But you know, obviously, that song plays in a very you know, interesting moment in the movie. And I think it's because he listens to this podcast and he thinks we're dope. So shout out to Jordan Peele once again. Uh, Fran, have you gotten to the movies to see us yet? No. I've been seeing all the controversy it's causing on uh, social media. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I, I don't I don't know how to feel about that before we jump to the good vibe. I don't know how to feel about that because um, I saw Lupita Nyong'o come out and the way she talked about the voice, she you haven't seen the movie, but she mm-hmm. does the, a voice in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's very aff- 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 afflicted and, and broken. And she said she uh, ta- she watched videos of people who have this very rare like disease or that comes from trauma. Like mm-hmm. you go through trauma and it does something to your voice and makes it shaky. Mm-hmm. And that community of like 13,000, it's such a, that's the thing about the world now. It's like everybody can be a part of a community. Mm-hmm. So to get attacked by a community who before I saw this movie and they got mad about this, I didn't know this was a thing that people's voices do. She, if anything, she brought awareness to me, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Now they're saying, uh, now based on this movie, if you come to Wawa and I'm at my job and I go, you know, that'll be fourteen thirty-five. You now you've made my voice a scary thing. Mm-hmm. People think I'm a tethered person mm-hmm. from the Us movie, and so you've you've done damage to our community. But she didn't come at it like, yeah, I don't know. I was on YouTube and saw some dude on YouTube talking weird, and so I started doing that. For the movie, she she came across. 
she was like, I worked with dialect coaches. She she knew the the disease by name and said it on many platforms while they were doing their press tour. If anything, I think she brought awareness to it. Now, I'm not a person who suffers from this voice disease. Or I don't really I don't know if disease is the right word. I'm not a person who suffers from it. So I can't say they're making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm not going to do that because I'm not a part of that community of people. But it just seems like everything has to be. Everybody wants to be mad about something these days, mm. you know. And to be a person who it would be like if a move in a movie somebody did a thing where athletes foot made people into zombies, and then everybody with athletes foot in the country was like, "Hey, man, well, I have athletes foot, so um, you making fun of it in this movie mm. is really um, hurting me internally because it's making me feel like my athletes foot is uh, um, d- deadly and evil to people." It's like. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't even know it was a community of people that yeah. like go to meetings and talk mm-hmm. about having athletes foot or this voice thing. I don't mean to like make the voice thing minuscule, but I'm just saying like people didn't know you guys existed to to make fun of you or, or, or any kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. And even if I saw this movie, I don't know how many people are assholes in the world to go see a person and they talk a messed up kind of way and you go, let's make fun of this person. I just... and. I, I guess Twitter exists, so, so I can see people be doing that, maybe. But I'm not like that. So all I right, can't. so I'm confused. So she just did a voice. She did a voice, a voice, but she based it off of these people. Okay. She she That's based she got it, it from. She got it from. She she used that as the inspiration. For the voice that she did in the movie. So but did she, people people make fun of her doing the voice. Nobody's make... making fun of anybody. Oh. They're just saying the fact that she did the voice in the movie offends them. Like the fa- the fact that she based it off of like I feel like oh, if she wouldn't I, have, I feel okay. like if she might even have been better off and she since come out and apologized because that's just the best thing to do to just get it over with mm-hmm. I, my bad she might have been better off not saying that that's how she gotcha. came up with the idea if she mm-hmm. just would have did the voice and been like yeah I don't know it just came to me I don't know why I did it and didn't say that she based it off of this group of people I don't think there would even be a thing and it's not even really a big thing mm-hmm. it's just. You know how stuff. Those group went, of people. Those group of people. It gets on Twitter. It mm-hmm. starts to get a little. But it it probably came from such a small fraction of people. But then it gets on the internet, and TMZ goes, "Lupita Nyong'o backlash," and it's yeah. like the it wasn't backlash until people started saying that it's backlash. Yeah. Then it snowballs and it gets bigger and bigger and and that's how the internet is these days. Yeah, I mean, to but she didn't do it maliciously. Is the point? I mean, do but does the world society want people to be honest or not? That's the thing. I don't. I, I think like, people people want you to be honest if they like what you're saying. You That's how the world works ways. these days. That's how the world. It's like people want honesty, but only if it makes them feel good. Hey, you know, it's the same thing. Like with movies, with female characters and st- everything. Like I, I watched Cap. I watched Captain Marvel. I thought it was a good movie. But if somebody, but and there, there are people who just didn't see the movie and were like, this isn't realistic. A woman actor being a superhero. But da da da. But. But now when you're in that world of kind of black and white, if a person goes, I watched the movie, I just didn't really think it was a good movie. Oh, you're sexist. And you can't just, you can't give your honest opinion about some stuff Mm. because people are going to put you in a box regardless. And that's not a world I like to live in. If you can, like with the us thing, there were people who were saying this movie was awful. And I would go, Mm -hmm. well, tell me why. Oh, you know. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Well, then I don't really respect your opinion. But if you can tell me why you don't like something or why you disagree with this or why you disagree with that, I have to respect your opinion. Now, if you just want to be a dick and say, fuck that movie, fuck this group of people, racism doesn't exist. It can it can this my point that I'm making can touch all kind of different things about people just going against stuff to be nasty. 
But if you're just going against something, like there are people who are like, listen, based on what I've read, the $15 minimum wage wouldn't help things. It will make things worse. And da, 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 da. there's an argument to be made. I'm a person who says, listen, man, if people are starving, I haven't seen enough concrete evidence to say a $15 minimum wage would like bankrupt a city. Mm-hmm. Your bread will go up a dollar. I, I, why not give it a shot to see if, if, you know, quality of life goes up for some people. I'm a person who, who believes that. And some people will go, well, then you're stupid. But I'm not just saying that because I'm some hippie. I'm a person who's like, I've done a little bit of research on it. I'm not a economics major, but none of the real, I haven't seen a concrete data sheet that says this is factually what $15 minimum wage does. But here in Maryland, the, the governor just vetoed that bill. So that's canceled now. So that's not even going to happen anymore. We talked about it recently about how that went and passed. The governor vetoed it. Sick. So there are people who are like, great, cool, because that was a stupid idea. But there's other people like, man, that's really messed up, man. What, poor people say that people that already have money? Conservative. Like people, people that are fiscally conservative are like, well, cool, because I thought that was a really stupid idea anyway. You know? And then there are other people who are like, well, you know, that's messed up. But, you know, there's arguments to be made on both sides about all kind of stuff. But I'm a fan of the argument, not just, I want you to say something out loud, but I want it to be what I think. Mm-hmm. And that's the world we live in today. Yeah. So if you're contrary to what the popular um, notion is, you're probably going to get attacked. But everybody wants everybody to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's this real, it's this really weird kind of world. So Lupita Nyong'o was honest about where she got her inspiration for her character from, and people people jumped down the throat. Some people did. Some people, you know, it wasn't a big thing, but now it turned into kind of a thing. So you know, I don't know. People want you to be honest. People want you to be honest when it suits them, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, good vibe segment. Let's get into that, right? I forgot. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we went down. That, that, that turned into a whole thing. Uh, friend, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I go first. Okay, cool. So my good vibe story this week is about Lakeisha Ball. This was a video on I seen it on Facebook uh, yesterday night. Um, she's a Maryland woman that beat breast cancer. Okay. Um, so they got a video um, that she was at the University of Maryland Proton Center. Uh huh. And um. It's a it's a bell in there. You ring it when you be cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She tore that shit I mean, up, huh? people just usually just yeah. bing, bing. light bang. She was bang shaking it. Oh, she fucking was going right. off. I'd have, right. I'd have broke that bell. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> so she was she That's rang that thing. Man. Yeah. That's huge. She rang the hell out that bell. Um so she had it was her and her daughter was there. So uh, young lady, she young or middle she's probably lady? like mid fifties. Oh wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so her, uh, sure, her daughter was there. She took a video. She, her daughter took the video of her last um, chemotherapy treatment, uh-huh. um, and she did forty rounds of chemo mm. and radiation treatment. Oh my god! Yep, man. and then um, yeah, so she's a cancer, a breast cancer survivor. It's her I mean, daughter, so I guess her daughter's probably like you know twenty, twenty, probably like yeah, probably yeah. Like twenty thirds. Yeah, so, I, mean, so, I can't imagine yeah. watching your parent go through that, man, because that chemo just really drains you. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it that is a hell of an accomplishment yeah. because there's so many people. Who one is expensive and two they're like I don't even want to go through it. Mm. It's just it's so painful. I don't even want to go through it. So to go through it and come out on the other side, yeah, you got to be built different. You just yeah. gotta you gotta be you gotta have a warrior's heart, man. And I'm not saying people who don't go through it or people who don't come out the other side. Anybody who goes through it, you gotta have a warrior's heart. Mm. You know, it, it, it really is a big decision to make to go. I'm gonna blast my body with this radiation to try to. I want to live, so I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna fight this, and that's that's a big decision to make, man. So shout out to her. You said Lakeisha Ball. Lakeisha Ball. Yeah, yeah I mean that's yeah. big. That's yeah, but that 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 uh, moment when she's ringing that bell. Man, I'm sure it's beautiful. That's man. just a sign of victory, right? Yeah, there. I mean you because you got to think about. Imagine 
uh, you have to, the most difficult thing you can imagine, going through an Ironman five, 50 mile race swim, and you got to do it, you do it 40 times. You do it 40, the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, and you do it 40 times, and then you, at the end of the journey, you get your life back. Like, yeah. that is, yeah, I'd bring the shit out of that belt too. That's a shit. That's a hell of <laughs> yeah. an accomplishment, man. So, that's beautiful. I thought that that moment, even me, wasn't even me looking on it. You know, from the outside, uh-huh. I'm not even. I don't even know these people personally, right. and I'm just looking at the video. I mean, I Proud. just felt like I was there. Yeah, like I was a part of the whole moment. Yeah. She's ringing that bell. I was like, Tch. yeah. I mean, that's a crazy, a sure. crazy feeling for sure. That's so, that's gorgeous, man. That's congratulations beautiful. to her. Um, absolutely congratulations I I talk about this with people all the time because we live here you we really forget like how good the healthcare here is in Baltimore Mm -hmm. because of Johns Hopkins University you know like brain brain issues Mm -hmm. cancer heart stuff I mean we are people come here from all around the world to come here to get medical care you know so we really are lucky in that regard that it's like right there Mm -hmm. so shout out you said it was Johns Hopkins right? no this was the University of Maryland oh Either way, we got yeah. all. It's all on lock here. <laughs> we got it all on lock. Um, that is fucking beautiful, man. Uh, mine is a little. <laughs> mine's a little more lighthearted than that. Uh, um, so my good vibes this week is a story about a dude from up north um, in Canada who uh, was just a good Samaritan for his neighborhood, man. So um, there's this 22 year old dude who became a folk hero in Canada because for several days in his community he went out and was filling in potholes on the street. And, you know, I don't know how Canada is, but here, if you got a pothole on your street and you don't live in a fucking uh, neighborhood with million-dollar homes, uh, you wait a while on the city to come oh, out yeah, and definitely. send somebody out and fill the pothole in. So and, it, and then do a trash-ass job. Yeah, terrible job. It's, like, slightly better, you know, than it was, <laughs> you know. So this dude, uh, John McHugh, was like, fuck it, and just went out, got all the stuff, went out and uh, filled out. Filled in the potholes for everybody, mm. like in in his street, for for both to help him and to help the neighborhood. So uh, John uh, first became inspired to patch up some of the road hazards in Stellarton, Nova Scotia, after he and his mother drove over a nasty pothole. And you know how it is when you hit one of those mean ones, mm. you like you feel for your car when you yeah. hit a pow ah you fuck you yeah. know you let you really let one out you know when, when the pothole is bad enough uh-huh. you know for everybody you shouldn't be but you might be on your phone changing a song. Mm-hmm. Knock the phone out of your hand. You know, you mm-hmm. hit that, but really send you into a dip. So that happened to him and his mom, and he really got inspired. Like, I'm, this is not happening to me anymore. His shit must have took the bumper off his car. Oh, it? I'm sure. You know, or if it's bad enough, you if you got a low enough car, it might you might go into the pothole and scrape the yeah. scrape the bottom of the car. It, it's some nasty potholes out there. I mean, for him to get to be like, to take it in his own hands, he'd be like, you know what, I'm a Phillies myself. Oh, it had to be crazy. It had to be, yeah. Yeah, it had to be crazy. <laughs> so, uh... He said uh, there was only he said there was one story a couple weeks ago where a car was driving through and it and it nailed one of the biggest potholes here and it ripped the axle off the car. Damn. Like, God, you know, and like, who's on the line for that? Like, do you can you call the city and get your money and, and sue? And they, probably not. No. You know, I don't know. You should drive. You, you should drive careful. You should drove more careful. I don't know. Uh, he uh, so rather than waiting for the city government to fix the pavement, McHugh grabbed a snow shovel and started shifting gravel and road fill from the roadside ditches and moving it into the potholes. Oh, okay. Now that passing traffic has uh, packed the filling into the holes, so you know all that weight really kind of brought those rocks together and really formed it into a thing. Uh, McHugh said that the road is significantly better than when he started, and it's just funny how, like, with that trash challenge thing that's going around. Such a small thing, like 
the fact that he didn't have to go get a cement mixer and all this kind of stuff. That's what I thought he yeah, did. He just filled it in with some rocks and shit. <laughs> it, it really was such a thing oh, where it was shit. like nobody just nobody did it. You know, he did it in the most he did it in the most like ghetto, simple way. Yeah. And nobody thought to do it, but it worked. It got the job done. I thought he went and got the like a cement. truck. The, he went though, got the rolling the yeah, little rolling truck. Yeah, and I then thought he pointed the thing and <laughs> he, it went in the the wet cement went into the hole. Yeah, I yeah. thought he had like the, the miniature small one. No. <laughs> like a bike version of it. <laughs> he's like in construction already, so he's yeah. already had the tools. No, this is just some dude who's like a burnout That's crazy. and said, hey man, these roads are bad. Just I'm going to put dirt. this dirt and some rocks and some leaves and just fill it in. Literally. Down, I guess. He literally filled it in with dirt and leaves and rocks and it worked. It was a thousand times better and just nobody did that. You know, and Until no- it rained. Huh? Until it rained. Until it rained. The car. What do you? Oh, and then what? Washed yeah. away. I don't know. I'm, assu- I'm assuming he packed it in there good, and it really, it really I made the, so. it really made the grade. You know, <laughs> shit. It, it must have because he's the story came out. He did it. He did it so he can go to work and come back. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> didn't do it for any kind of beautiful reason, so nobody ever has to get their axe ripped off. And he's like, I need to go to work, man. This yeah. road shit. I, and I, let's just make something work. I so come I can home get out late, of late at night, so I can't see. So I just did it. So yeah, I I, it, it was a completely selfish reason. But hey. It got him. It got him on local news and, and Canada news. And uh, the other cool thing about it is, so uh, even though the penalties may vary, DIY road repair is strongly discouraged across various state and regional governments because it can compromise the safety of the road and the civilians. Additionally, drivers or civilians can take legal action in the case of an accident involving unlicensed road repair. So you couldn't sue if it was a pothole. But you can sue him, I guess, if he did it and your car gets messed up. If he filled it up? He filled it in. So now if your car gets messed up from his unlicensed repair, I guess, I guess they're saying you can sue him. The city or the person? The person. The oh. like you you shouldn't have did this. you know. But I, again, he still came out and did it. He, you know, whatever. I get that, but... And again, crazy. nobody was mad at him about this. They're, they're just... They have to tell you, like... Basically, any kind of story has to come out and go... Hey, yes, this is a beautiful thing, but like, don't do this. It's not, it's not legal. Wink, yeah. wink. You know, don't do it. This is why you shouldn't do it. But civilians who fill in potholes without a permit can be charged anywhere from $200 to $2,000. But despite receiving warnings, McHugh showed up, snow shovel in hand, the day after speaking to the authorities and told the Cape Breton Post, I hope they don't come and get me until I'm done with this. You can't even do a, a good deed. No, nah, man. So I told. Remember, I told you about the people that's trying to give people soup and sandwiches in parks, and they're like, "Look, man, we don't want people homeless people hanging out around here. You can't give people free food." So yeah, it's all money. kind of bureaucracy is a bitch. They man. want money. That's why. Yeah. So additionally, passing motorists have expressed their gratitude towards the roadside vigilante by tipping him in cash, cannabis, and warm cups of coffee. Cannabis. Yeah, Canada's different, man. They're just so happy going up there. You know, like they really just. <laughs> And it's legal, so it's like, hey man, you want some, you want some buddy? I should be able to just. That's smoke more. One. That's more cholo, but you know. I should just be able to just smoke one whenever I feel like it. Just can't do that. Hundred percent, man. It's crazy. We don't have to get into that. You know, it really, it really, it really, to, it really depresses me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I should, you know, me I'm not, just, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to smoke crack. Out. I'm not trying to smoke crack. I'm trying to smoke a plant that mellows me out. You know, e- eases my um, ailments, and you know, why, why, why is that illegal? But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, let's keep on with these good vibes. So uh, uh, this guy says, yep, I'm definitely getting a lot of tips. I had a couple of people give me some joints, too, which is pretty nice. Uh, McHugh told CBC that he hopes to use the money to pay for his upcoming move to Alberta, Canada in May. So just again, just 
a little burnout dude went out and did something nice for some people and they were like hey man here's some coffee here's a sandwich here's a little bit of weed thanks for that and that's you know i think some people might call that communism but um you know a very small scale version of it you know but i think i think everybody a neighborhood if you live in a neighborhood everybody should pull together not this neighborhood that i'm living in currently but the last neighborhood i lived in we had a really big snowstorm and the snowplow truck couldn't get into the street. And we all just went out there with snow pl- with shovels and just got it done. Did the whole street. Didn't, didn't just do our parking spot in front of our house. We did the whole street. And it was like three feet of snow. What, at your, your mom's place? No, and, uh, oh, we, we were yeah, living in a place in Hamden. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. I mean, we did the whole street. It was it was a it was a tucked away street. The snowplow couldn't get down the street because it was a one-way in kind of mm-hmm. thing. And you got to turn around and go back out. Mm-hmm. So they just didn't hit our street. Petty. We went out there as a neighborhood and got it done. I think that's the best way to be. It's sometimes communal living is the best way to be, you know? Every, you know, you hear kids playing outside, just open, peek out the blinds every 15 minutes. You hear a bunch of kids outside, just make sure there's no weird dudes coming and talking to the kids. Just because they're not your kids doesn't mean you shouldn't feel some kind of... A lot of people these days go, hey, that's not my responsibility, so I don't care at all. Which I think is a kind of a heartless way to live. You know, if I hear some kids playing outside, I'm going to peek out every little now and then, make sure everything's going on. Okay. I hear some silence. I might get a little concerned. Go, oh, it's kind of quiet out there. And I assume they went in the house. Are but you, if I, really? Yeah. You know how loud kids are, man. You can't help it sometimes. I yeah, mean, I'm not I'm saying not, like... I'm I, not looking out there to see if it's a guy walking around. I'm looking out there, you know, if they not hit my damn car or something. All right. Well, it's a little bit of that. Okay. It's a little bit of that. But also, <laughs> I mean, I'm concerned. You know, I like kids. I want right. to make sure everybody's okay. I hear a kid crying. I'm not just going to go, oh, well, I don't care. If I hear a kid crying outside, I'm peek out the window, make sure everything's okay, make sure they didn't get hit by a car, make sure they didn't fall and break their leg. I'm I'm concerned. I feel like everybody should be that way, but everybody's so for self these days. Yeah, I think yeah, that's fair. But you don't have a child, so I think it's a different. To me personally, I think it's different when you go. You just go. It's not my responsibility. Shit. Oh, that that's it's how not, you go. If if my if if my child's in the house, is like I don't. Uh, my child is here. I, don't I get that. But that's kind of selfish, right? You you yeah. can recognize it. Yeah, that, that, that that's what you're saying. Yeah, but kids are bad as shit, so it's like yeah, you, they're always crying about something. <laughs> I think that's where it is. Is like for yeah. you, you're like, man, one of them probably hit the yeah. other one and, and it, cussing. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I'll go take that shit down the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, get from in front of my house. You don't go out like everything. I'm like, I come out with like a tray of cookies. Like, hey, uh, are you guys okay out here? Everybody doing okay? You're like, hey. Get away from my car <laughs> and go down the street before I tell your mom. Yeah, yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's different. I don't have kids, man. I'm gullible, man. I'm like, is everybody okay? What's that? A ball? Oh, let me get. Can I get one? Oh, got it. Hey, I'll go long. Throwing the football. No, you know I Y'all grew up with dads. So I'm, you know, trying to. I'm trying to watch TV. Take that shit down the street. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's I, different. I get that. You know, I told you my, I told you my amazing story about the time I came home from work. The kid passed me the ball. I hit like a 42 foot three. Yeah. Man. It, 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 I just like to do shit like that sometimes. Yeah. Throw a tight spiral. That's not me. You're I would fine. be like, hey man, don't one on one. Catch this L. If and you lose, you can never play yeah. on my street ever again. Take that fucking hoop down that way. <laughs> when I beat you, don't come <laughs> over here no more. I want to hear fucking rims banging and shit. If I beat you in this one on one game, you never come back to the yeah. street ever again. It's different, man. Yeah, it's okay. different. I get that. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that parental living. Okay, I respect that. Uh, so, um, but that was my good vibes this week. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send this off to a song that has been kind of controversial this week. I, I think it's hilarious. Uh, this kid, Little Nas X. Had, came out with a song called Open Road uh, or Down the Open Road and it is a very catchy song um, it's he categorizes it as country trap uh, yes yeah, it's, it's called Old Town Road I'm sorry he categorizes it as country trap there's a little bit of controversy the country charts it's themselves were like 
nah, man, I don't care what you're calling this. This isn't a country song to us, so get off our charts. And I've never seen that happen before. It was pretty crazy. So in solidarity with Lil Nas X, um, I don't think he's going to be, you know, the next Biggie Smalls or anything like that. But he made a cool song, and he thought it was this cool uh, fusion of country and rap music. And to be shot down and say, I don't care what your interpretation of your art is, we don't consider Bill it that. Boys, as right? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't consider it that as the as the genre itself. We don't consider it that. So you're not allowed to be on country, the charts. Country genre. Country genre. Okay. Yeah. And in this world of like today, people like uh, Post Malone exist and they're doing music that has guitar and rap in it. And we let them come on the rap charts and do and prosper and make money for a, a genre to go. Yeah, no, you're not allowed to um, exist in our space. I think that's kind of fucked up. I don't think it's as, it became kind of a thing on Twitter, but I I don't think it's this like egregious thing. But I just think it's kind of fucked up to go. Yeah, we don't care what you. It be it would be different if people were saying, yeah, this is like a fun song. It's kind of country, right? But it's a rap song. It's like no, the artist themselves said this is country trap. This is what I call it, and they're saying we don't care what you call it. You're not allowed to be in our space. That's compl- that's a completely different argument to me. And I'm on the side of that as opposed to if people were just saying, because, you know, black Twitter is very powerful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes black Twitter can just be mad for the sake of being mad. So if this was a case where people were saying, you know, how the, the memes start coming out. Man, when I hear Old Town Road, I put my cowboy hat on. But if the dude was saying, yeah, I know it sounds like that, but it's just a rap song. Mm-hmm. Then if, if people were getting mad because country wasn't embracing it. Then I'd be like, all right, well, you know, if he's not saying it's a country song, then who cares? But he's saying it's country rap. He's saying it's country, country rap. rap. And they're oh, saying, no, nah, I don't care what you say it is. You're not embodying what we think country music is. So fuck out of here. Wow. And I'm I'm not for it. Because he's black. I don't want to you know, make it racial. I don't want to make it racial. I don't I mean, want to make it racial. But when it's a dude saying like, yeah, man, it's like country and rap. It's what other reason is is it that you're saying this doesn't uphold your views because we let people like Taylor Swift kind of genre bend and jump into our space with hip hop drums and go back to country and you remember Molly Cyrus was out here wilding a couple yeah. years ago twerking and all this kind of stuff and then she went yeah man that was kind of a phase of mine and now rap music is kind of misogynist to me so I don't want to do it anymore and now she's trying to crawl back in and so she's a clown but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a song I want to let you li- I'm gonna let you listen to uh-huh. that is something like that that guy's song okay and I'm I'm gonna get your opinion about it I'm gonna, okay I'm cool yeah we'll play it that. during the break uh but what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break I'm gonna send you guys out to uh Old Town Road by Lil Nas X and when we come back get ready to hear some fucked up shit so stay tuned. Can't no more, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Nah, can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Wrangler on my booty Can't nobody tell me nothing 
And we are back, friend. You went first last week, so this week is my turn to go first. Are you ready for my affirmative murder? Yep. Okay. Really quickly before I get into that, I want to thank people because uh, we have been getting uh, uh, fl- uh, swarmed with reviews since I made that announcement that uh, from now until April 30th, uh, I'm encouraging people to leave reviews on Apple Music, on, I'm sorry, on Apple Podcasts, and whoever leaves the best review, um, I'm not really putting... Uh, harsh lines on what quote-unquote best is but you know funny detailed what you know you know uh your favorite moment from the podcast something that really you know is 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 a great suggestion review like uh whoever does the best version of that um there will be three winners i will be sending you uh, a serial killer t-shirt and an affirmative murder logo sticker um and we, we're doing that until april 30th so um i really appreciate the um the you know the the flooding of reviews that have happened since then it is greatly appreciated and you know let's keep them coming and, and you know see who who comes out triumphant at the end of the month um but anyway also if you're listening to this past april hey man this is from we're, we're in the past and get over it you missed it shut up uh anyway uh fran are you ready yep okay my affirmative murder this week is the story of dorothy P- uh dorothy puente um, don't let the name confuse you. She looks like Betty White. She is a little old white lady. <laughs> as far as I know, I mean, the name is Puente, so I could be wrong, but she does not look, you know, not that, you know, I, I mean, she looks like a little old white lady. Um, so um, Dorothy Puente is a, is a convicted serial killer who was uh, killing people in her boarding house in Sacramento, right? Mm. So um, this is her story. <clears throat> in April 1982, uh, Dorothy Puente's friend and business partner Ruth Monroe began to rent out a space in an in, in an apartment she owned. Shortly after moving in, Monroe died from an overdose of codeine and Tylenol. When she was questioned by the police, when she was questioned by the police, Puente said that Monroe had been depressed because of her husband's illness. Police officially ruled the death a suicide. Several weeks later. 74-year-old Malcolm McKenzie accused Puente of drugging him and stealing his pension. Puente was charged and convicted of theft in August of that year and was sentenced to five years in jail. When she was serving her sentence, she began a pen pal relationship with 77-year-old Everson Gilmouth. Why? Hey, man, you know, criminals get old, too. You remember, Hey, shout out to... Uh, <laughs> shout out to... Uh, oh, shit, I want to get her name right. I think it was Amber... She really made my weekend because because this is this perfect to, speaking of this. Uh, she tagged us in uh, the uh, Sinky Lollaman uh, yeah. Instagram, mm-hmm. his prison Instagram. Uh, and he had, you know, wet shirt. He was getting baptized. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, I'm just looking for companionship. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just looking for somebody that, you know, can uh, really, you know, keep me uh, warm at night with, with, with kind words. Uh, her name is Amber Brielle. She tagged. I don't 
Hey, listen, Amber, I'm not judging. I don't know how you found this. I don't know what you do with your spouse. I'm spouses. judging. <laughs> Why were you on Instagram yeah. looking uh, at prisoners' uh, <laughs> profiles? Maybe she just Googled his name and it came up. Nah, I'm going to give her I don't know about that one. <laughs> so well, I was text, I was, I was pen-palling this dude named Kevin, and then I look over and I saw Sinky Lalaman's profile, and I was like, this is so funny. Let me take a screenshot of this. But, you know, she probably just Google Sankey Lalaman mm. and that just came up with his nope. information and everything about how he's a Christian born what? again and all that kind of stuff. What's her name? Amber Brielle. It's not going to fly with me. No? You don't believe no. that? You think Amber was trolling for some prison uh, relations? Hey, Amber, leave Sankey alone. <laughs> don't even. Listen, man, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. He had a photo on there. He was looking quite buff, man. Leave he was alone. like fresh out of the baptism pool. And you know how the tank top gets like stuck on you? Yeah, it was wet like that. You know, yeah. he looked like a he was a um, lifeguard. I did the story. <laughs> we all know you don't want to go down that path, no. man. You don't want that in your life, you Amber. Know, you Amber, you, know, Amber, you don't want that in your life. You don't know what he's capable of now. Yeah, yeah, he might have got worse. You know, <laughs> you know, that that born again Christian thing that might be part of his his new scam. No, leave it alone. Leave it alone, Amber. Leave it alone. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that's why she, you know she got a pen pal. She's lonely in prison. She made friends with this dude named. Uh, Everson Gilmouth, very classy name. And when she was released in 1985, after serving three years in prison, she moved in and opened a joint bank account with Gilmouth. In November of that year, Puente hired a handyman named Ismael Flores to install wood paneling in her home. I'm, I guess that was big in the 80s. You, in 2019, if I would look into a home to buy and I see wood paneling, I'm so mad. I'm, like, I'm going to snatch this shit all up out of it. This is going to be work, man. Some, some people still got it. Yeah, because they it was, at one point it was huge, and I'm guessing right around '85, where you calling <laughs> somebody like, you know what, my house could really use some wood paneling. You know, you calling to ask for that? That's 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 a wild time, you know. But uh, so um, she she called this guy Ismael. He came through, put the wood paneling in, made her house look you know nice and cozy like a log cabin or whatever kind of vibe they were going for. <laughs> and uh, she gave him after he completed the job, she paid him eight hundred an eight hundred dollar bonus mm. and gave him a red nineteen eighty four pickup truck, mm. the exact same model and year of Gilmouth's car, mm. her little uh, pen pal boyfriend that she was now living with. So she gave him his truck, basically is what they're saying. So I mean, he did. Right. Oh, I get I get I'll get to that. Uh, she told Flores that the truck belonged to her boyfriend in Los Angeles, who gave it to her. Puente also hired Flores to build a box. That was six feet by three feet by two feet, a.k.a. it was a coffin, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which she stated would be used to store books and other items. Uh, she and Flores then traveled to a highway in Sutter County and dumped the box in a riverbank of books. Of books, yes. This is what it, um, Ismael. <laughs> I'm. I don't think Ismael Flor. I don't know him, but I don't think he's that dumb. I think he was like, "Look, man, she gave me twelve hundred dollars. She's paying. I'm me. not asking any questions. I helped her. Dump. I didn't look in the box. I don't know what was in the box. It was heavy. It was books. Mm. I don't know what it was, but it was books. Yeah, and so he stank. Hey, it was books. old books. <laughs> it was old books, uh, and the check cleared. So I don't know. That's none of my concern with uh with with this woman is doing with her with her time and uh, her books and her books because they were books. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he told himself. So uh, she yeah. So uh, on January first, 1986, the box was recovered by a fisherman who called the police. When police arrived and opened the box, they found the decomposed remains of an elderly man who would not be identified as Ever Everson Gilmouth for another three years. Wow. During this time period, Puente collected Gilmouth's pension and forged letters to his family. Mm. So it's like, hey, fam, Everson here. I'm just having a great time with my new girlfriend and we're just living life. 
and um, make sure that the pension checks keep coming because I can't go to the office because um, I'm sick. But I just wanted to call you guys and let everything let you know everything is okay. But yeah, once again, make sure the checks keep coming. Yours truly, Everson Gilmouth. But she like spelled it wrong because it's her. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did he spell it? How did you spell your own name wrong? Yeah. He must be that sick and nobody ever questions it again. Nope. They're like, that Everson, he's always spelling his name wrong. What a, <laughs> what a wacky character. When people don't give a shit about you, man, it really shows. And they just really, a, a shitty uh, alibi. Like I think you did. I remember you did a story in the uh, they like the people clearly cared about. It. it was like a bunch of dudes living in like a frat house, and then they sent the family letter like, "Hey man, I just moved to Europe mm-hmm. and I don't live here anymore." And the family was like, "Uh, no, that's that, that's not true." We don't oh do. yeah 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 that, yeah. But the they were gay. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And it's like, come on man, you gotta try yeah. a little bit harder than that. I know? just think if for families is you know we don't communicate. Yeah, I, I'm getting a letter. I know you're still alive, so I know you're okay. Yeah. So we don't even... It don't even need to be a super... I, I'm not even reading too much into it. No. I'm like, oh, this is from Everson? He's fine. Yeah. I'm, you might not even really... You might just open and skim it and go, oh, yeah. love Everson. Ever, yeah. Ever, okay, cool. <laughs> well, he's doing all right. That's cool. And the checks keep coming. Yeah. And she got to do that for three more years because mm. they found the body, but they couldn't identify because it, it was so decomposed. So she got to get it off for three more years with his pension money. During this time... Puente continued to house elderly and and disabled tenants in her boarding house. While they were living there, she read their mail and took any money and social security checks they received. Damn. She paid each of them monthly stipends. So basically, she was they were living in her house. She would take all their money and be like, here's your money for your Chico sticks and your, you know, and your little Pepsi sodas. Here's, you know, giving them allowance, basically, of their money. That's crazy. Probably telling them, like... You know, this is for your own good to make sure yeah. you don't blow through your money too quickly. I'm um, give you a little bit of it. And then but she's going she's like a bank, though, because she's not just keeping the money in her room. She's probably spending it, mm-hmm. you know, on what she wants to and making sure they get their little bit of cut. But if any of them would have went up to her like, hey, man, I need all my money. She, oh, I don't have it. You know, I don't yeah. have it. right. No, you can't have it right now because I invested it for you. I invested in these elderly people so that's yeah true they're not gonna be like I want my money so I can go get a new Ferrari it's the the (laughs) easiest uh, demographic to prey on elderly people yeah cause you know you you get them you you get them all set up living in your house they probably don't have a a bunch of people coming to check on them and they getting money sent to them they don't go anywhere yeah and you can just kind of strong arm and like hey man go to bed and they're like oh man all right, Mm. you know all defeated and old I don't like when people prey on old people it's not cool anyway so yeah she paid them monthly stipends And uh, she kept the remainder for what she claimed were expenses for the boarding house. Uh, Puentes' boarding house was visited by several parole agents as a result of previous orders for her to stay away from elderly people and not to handle government checks. Despite these frequent visits, she she was never charged with anything. Neighbors began to grow suspicious of Puente when she stated that she adopted a homeless alcoholic man named Chief to serve as a handyman. Is that legal? To adopt an adult? I would say no. (laughs) I don't even think that that's, you can, I don't, not even that it's legal or not. I don't think it's something you can do. You can't adopt an adult. So I. She lives by her own rules. Yeah, he probably, you know what, it probably, he probably was like a simpleton and she probably, you know, had a little bit of bass in her voice and and he just did her bidding. (laughs) And because you can't adopt an adult. So you have uh, some other way of controlling him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, So yes, um, she had Chief dig in the basement and remove soil and garbage from the property. Chief then put in a new concrete slab in the basement before he disappeared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this lady's really mysterious. 
In November 1988, Alvar- Alvaro Montoya, a tenant in Puentes' house, disappeared. Montoya was uh, developmentally disabled and, schizoph- and had schizophrenia. After he failed to show up at meetings, his social worker reported him missing. Police arrived at Puentes' boarding house and began to search the property. They discovered recently disturbed soil and were able to uncover seven bodies in the yard. Damn. When the investigation into the deaths began, Puente was not conce- was not considered a suspect. So that one dude basically dug his own grave? That's yeah, pretty much. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. You know, he just disappeared, you know. Chief. Wow. Chief disappeared. Uh Alvaro disappeared. Several people disappeared. And when they discovered these seven bodies, she wasn't an immediate suspect because she was a little old lady. The the best disguise. So, yeah, she was not immediately considered a suspect. As soon as police let her out of their sight, she fled to Los Angeles, where she visited a bar and began to talk an elderly and began to talk to an elderly pensioner. The man recognized her from the news and called the police. Mm-hmm. So she tried to leave the state or leave uh, Sacramento where she was, go to L.A. and get right back on her shit. Wow. But the old man was like. Know this bitch from the news, like you're trying to. Um, hey, uh, you're a very handsome man. Do you have a uh, a pension? Like what? That's your pickup line. <laughs> I just like to make sure my men are, you know, you know, able to take care of themselves. So, do you have a person that's in charge of your pension, or do you? Would you sign over that to any? What? Um, I'm gonna call the police on this lady. This is the lady who. This is the black widower of people's pensions. <laughs> uh, so he called the police on her. Uh, Puente was charged with nine counts of murder mm. for the seven bodies found in her house in addition to Gilmouth and Montoya, and she was convicted of three of the murders through the jury, though the jury could not agree on the other six. Puente was sentenced to two life sentences, which she served at Central California Women's Facility in Madera County. Wait, so they didn't charge her for all of them? No, they couldn't prove it, because she was using, like, you know, uh, like, OD in people, like, putting uh, codeine and Advil, probably using rat, she was using rat poison, things that might not be detectable, and they can't prove that. And then they were all old. I mean, not that it matters because she's getting charged anyway. Yeah, she got two life terms anyway. But they but found them all in... In her backyard? In backyard. Yeah, they found seven, seven bodies in her backyard, but she only got charged for three. So they're like, I don't know how these... We can't prove what? that you put all seven of these back here. We can only prove that you put three back here. Whatever. Look, man. Hey, you, we, look. I'm not. I'm, I'm done bashing the criminal justice system, man. It, it's just tiring. It's so tiring. <laughs> I get so tired to be to being like, this is fucked up, and why would you do that? And a plea bargain, but they murdered a child. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just so, I'm over it. I'm tired, man. It's fucked up. We know it's fucked up. I'm just, I'm just I, don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It makes me depressed. I don't want to talk. The dude, these I mean, two dudes, just did 43 years in prison for a crime they did not commit, and 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 now they just got to get out of jail and be 61 and 76 and just be like, oh, hey, uh, my bad. That's I mean, what the judge it's, said. But it's hey, simple, uh, though. Hey, hey, man. Whoops. I don't understand. I don't understand why it seems so difficult. I don't know. Again, we but again, them, we found them with the two that we you, found them in your yard. We but they found them with the bodies. two that you're charging them for. Exactly. It makes sense to what? us, right? But I don't know. Maybe in 1980s, it was like, uh, hey, they do that shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you. I don't. It's making me depressed. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's bumming me out. So she listen. <laughs> so she went to prison in Madera County, California, until her death in 2011 at age 82. Until her death, she continued to insist that she was innocent and that the tenants had all died of natural causes. You are a liar. Uh, What's she died of natural causes too? Yeah, she died of being 82 years old, I think. Died of being 82 in prison. 
Um, so yeah, that was my affirmative murder of Dorothy Puente. I got my uh, story from the crime from crimemuseum.org. Really cool little you know uh, mm-hmm. website. Keep everything nice and tight. You know I I, um, I like that website a lot. So shout out to crimemuseum.org. Um, and uh, yeah, that was my affirmative murder, Dorothy Puente. Again, she looks like Betty White. <laughs> she might be a Latino, a Latina. I don't know, but she looked like uh, Tweety Bird's grandmother. So <laughs> <laughs> so and she's a brutal murderer. Um, in the coldest way too, like killing people for money. So calculated. The thing that got me, um, I wanted to do a story like this this week is because I've been watching the act on Hulu, mm. which is the retelling of that uh, Mommy Dead and Dearest movie that we mm. watched. Um, I think that was the first serial and serial we ever did was the Mommy Dead and Dearest documentary, which is crazy. Yeah. And they're doing a good job. Like Patricia Arquette plays the mom. Is it and a docu series or is it? Show? It's a, it's it's a series. Okay. It's a series, but it's a show. Okay. Yeah, it's not a docu. It's like actors redoing it. Mm-hmm. But the the girl who's playing uh, Gypsy Rose is doing the voice. But it's not. I was concerned when I heard about it because if you watch the doc, if anybody who's who's seen Mommy Dead and Dearest, you know, uh, Gypsy Rose's voice is very comical. It's very yeah. like hello guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not when she does it. It's not like funny. And that was my concern. That's why I think it would be hard to do a a Mike Tyson biopic. I think Uh it would be hard to do a Michael Jackson biopic because how do you do what they naturally... Everybody knows what a Mike Tyson impression sounds like. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, I'm I'm just... I'm ferocious. Like, I'm I'm, 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 I'm malicious. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to eat him apart. Like, I'm I'm never going to let this man live it down. I don't know how you do that and it not be funny Uh because his life is not funny. He's been through a lot. But you watch a person, like I think Jamie Foxx is supposed to play him. If you watch a person do it, I'm nervous because I'm like, what if I just think this is hilarious? Uh, And I'm not supposed to where he's like, yeah, my mother died. Like, I'm I'm really sad right now. I'm never going to recover from this. I'm shattered. But you're supposed to be sad for him, but you're laughing because his voice is funny. uh, And the same thing with Michael Jackson, you know, hi and all. And it's supposed to be sad, but you can't take it serious of a person playing him, you know? Uh, I think the Jackson 5 American Dream like whatever that was <laughs> that 40 <laughs> hour <laughs> that 40 hour thing when it got to the older Michael Jackson uh, I think they did a good job of not being yeah. too of a too much of a caricature mm-hmm. it was ve- it was soft but it wasn't like I- I'm trying to do what the known impression of Michael Jackson is mm-hmm. it was just a guy who did a soft voice yeah. but it's a very thin line like you could be trying to think I'm doing a soft voice and then you get into like a mad TV sketch area where you sound like you're trying to be funny mm-hmm. but you're talking about him being beat by his dad or something yeah. and it's, it's, it's a hard line yeah. but she does a good job in the act you know what's funny now that you do all these voices out you know people talk about it on a page you know all the impersonations you do so, so for the listeners out there this is nothing new i remember <laughs> i want to tell people <laughs> alvin used to do this uh this bill cosby Hey, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm not gonna do right now is a Bill Cosby impression. It's not. The timing is not good. It's not. It's not. It's not. As, it, back in the day, it was like funny because everybody loved Bill Cosby. It's not a good time to do a Bill Cosby impression. I retired that one. I mean, you did do. Uh, did you dress up as him? As Alex? look, man. Hey, man. Whoa. Hey, man. Listen, that was like five years ago. I didn't know anything about any other thing. Yes, I did do a Bill Cosby for Halloween. It was many years ago. I don't I mean, want those. No. I don't want those pictures to resurface. Like this was Alvin in 2019 Halloween this you, year. Man. I mean, you was a Bill Cosby stand. I was. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I admittedly you know that's why I'm such a proponent of like it's hard but I'm such a proponent of like separating the man from the art because 
Listen, and I know it's hard because he played like America's dad, but the Cosby show is just, it's such a good show. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's positive role models for black people. They shout out HBCUs. They talk about, you know, it's, it's the first time you ever seen a black family. It's like the anti-good times. Not that Good Times was a bad show, but every episode of Good Times was depressing. It's like, oh no, we can't afford to keep the lights on. Yeah. Oh, we're hungry. And the Cosby was like, oh, dad, can I go to skiing school? Like, you've never seen a show where black kids were talking about doing affluent things, mm-hmm. going to college and getting uh, motorcycles and, 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 and going on trips a- abroad to different countries. It was such a cool insight into a different take on the black experience. Yeah. And it was the first show to do that, to, to my knowledge. And yes, what Bill Cosby did was fucking disgusting. But the Cosby show is still a good show. Like, if yeah. you put on the Cosby show right now, I defy you to not laugh at it and be entertained by it. But I understand how somebody who's a, uh, disgusted by his actions, who is a survivor of any kind of sexual abuse themselves, mm-hmm. could not even stand to the sight of him. So I can I can respect that and appreciate that to why it might not come on TV as much or why it's been just like vilified and all that kind of stuff. But just objectively, th- this is me speaking my truth. And if any, any kind of negativity comes, I'm fine with that. I can accept that. My, my truth is The Cosby Show is one of the best sitcoms ever to be on TV, mm-hmm. period. That is a fact. Also, Bill Cosby is a disgusting person as far as what he's been accused of and been convicted of. Those are two facts. I like to live in a world where both can be kind of true, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, the R. Kelly thing was different because he was talking about all his music is about sex, and we find out, oh, it's sex with children. Yeah. So that's disgusting. Michael Jackson music, to my knowledge, and I don't really believe that documentary. I don't know. I'm not saying Michael Jackson. I haven't even heard anything else about it. It kind of died down because the people were kind of sketchy. But anyway, I'm not saying that Michael Jackson is innocent. What I'm saying is I um, have not done... Uh, the canceling of Michael Jackson's music um, because you can still listen to, uh, you know, uh, Bad or Thriller or whatever and it not... If you listen to Bump and Grind now, it would make me... It, it would make me physically nauseous, mm. you know, it, because it's a man talking about his, his sexual desires and that we now know that his sexual desires are for, like, girls that are 14 years old. So, I don't know. I think I'd be on the losing side of that argument with most people as far as separating the man from the art. But I think you can think that what R. Kelly did is... No, R. Kelly's a bad example. R. Kelly's done. But I think you can think what Bill Cosby did was com- completely terrible and enjoy watching Theo Huxtable get into shenanigans mm-hmm. on The Cosby Show. I think... I, th- I just think you can do both. Mm-hmm. I think you can... I think you can have your... your uh, you, you know, your reservations about Michael Jackson, whether you're not sure if he's guilty of what he did and, and all that kind of stuff and still enjoy... Uh, um, love never felt so good. That last song he did—that's a great song, you know. Justin Timberlake's on it, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I just—I just think you can do both. But you know, I respect people who, if you've been through something and you don't want to see a person who's a sexual abuser on your television, I can understand both sides. But I think that you need to be able to separate the man or woman from the art sometimes, if the art is important enough. And I think that you know we have other shows now. You know, like Blackish and, you know, all kind of other shows that are do a really good Atlanta do a really good job of showing different uh, interpretations of the black experience because it's not all the same. Every black person isn't poor and like, you know, the, the landlords come in to kick them out and all that kind of it's just showing different aspects of it. So the Cosby show isn't as important as it once was. Mm-hmm. But at a point in time, it was a very important show to a lot of people. I think that that's still true no matter what Bill Cosby gets is, is, is convicted of or what his legacy will be. That's still one of the most 
you know, important black sitcoms ever to be on television. Mm-hmm. That is just, that is just a fact. That's just objectively a fact. So that's where I stand on that. Um, that turned into a whole thing. I didn't want it to turn into a whole thing. Yes, I did do a Bill Cosby impression <laughs> at some point is the point. Yes, at one point I was a, a really big, I thought Bill Cosby was a, it was a, I thought it was a funny costume to do. I thought it was a funny impression to do. And now not so much. Now I'm not, I'm not cranking up the Bill Cosby at parties. I won't be putting on the Cosby sweaters and spray painting my hair and any of that kind of stuff. That's, that's over with. Bill Cosby is not a funny thing to me anymore. But if a Cosby show episode is on, I might not be so quick to change the channel. And, you know, people can make their assumptions about that however they do. Anyway, that was my affirmative murder. That was my stance on Bill Cosby. (laughs) Uh, And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to close out the show. So stay tuned. All right. And we are back. Fran, the floor is yours, please. All right. So my affirmative murder this week is Coral Cole. It could be Carol Cole. It could be Coral Cole. Mm. C-A-R-O-L? C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Oh, all right. Yeah, I can see how that could. You said it could be Carol or Carol. Yeah, Carol. Let's Carol go. Let's Carol. go. Let's go. Carol. Oh, oh, is it C O? No, C Carol Cole. Yes, yeah, go Carol. 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 Okay. Carol. 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 Carol Cole. Carol Cole. Yeah. So Carol Cole was born in Seox City, in Iowa, the oh. second son of Laverne and Vesta Cole. Exotic name. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, his young sister was born in 1939, and soon afterwards, his family moved to California, Ooh. where Laverne found work in a shipyard. Not long after that, Laverne went to fight in the World War II. Mm. While, sist- while his father was away, his mother had several affairs and sometimes took Cole along to her rendezvous, mm. threatening to beat him if he told his father. Vesta was emotionally abused to Cole and dressed him as a girl. Oh. At school, he was teased about his girl name by his peers. Oh, this is a boy? Yep. Carol Cole? Yep. Scott. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. At age eight, he retaliated against one of his classmates, a boy of the same age named Dwayne, <clears throat> by drowning him in a lake in Richmond, California. Oh, God. The de- I mean, he was eight. Yeah. Eight years old. Uh, the death Jesus was regarded Christ. an accident by authorities Mm-mm. until Cole confessed. So he was probably going to get away. He's going to get. A, he definitely was going to get away with it. He made a point to let them know he did it on purpose. I think they was going to let him get away with it, but uh-huh. he didn't know. So at some point oh, he was like, I, "I did it." Wow. So he's stupid too. Yeah. Stupid and evil. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So um, it was regarded as an accident by authorities until Cole confessed. To it many years later in an autobiography. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Yeah, never mind. I thought he came out straight away, like right after, like, nah, guys, sorry, it was me. Yeah, wow. Your take, I, I'd like to hear your take your take on this. Obviously, murdering somebody is 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 like beyond. That's too far. Mm. But somebody being pushed bully wise yeah. to violence. Not murder or anything like that, but I've, there's a, there's a really cool video I remember it came out probably like at this point like nine nine years ago. It was this chubby kid, and he was it was the chubby white kid and the skinny white kid, and the mm-hmm. skinny white kid was trying out new techniques on him and punching him. And they were both like eight or nine years old. This is an old video. It's right? an old this video. Uh huh. Yeah. And the big kid, it just it was it got to be too much. And he swap. He picked him up and slammed him on the ground, yeah. and the kid like hurt his ankle. Mm-hmm. You know. Is that big kid in the wrong? No. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not saying, like, obviously, in, there are cases now where, you know, you know, kids shoot up schools or, you know, this kid, this guy, Carol, Some dra- drowned somebody. Yeah. 
you know? But, like, if the story is, you know, every day this kid got punched in the mouth by this person, every day, you know what I mean? Like, do you think that, I think that would go into account for me if I was on a jury, you know? It we would not be a lighter murder in this, you saying? Not including murder. Okay. But if you, you know, if a kid, you're getting punched every day in school, getting bullied, milk poured on you, whatever, and then one day the kid comes to punch you and you got a pencil in your hand and you just, I'm sick of it, you yeah. know? I understand it. I'm not saying it's right. And I got to watch myself because I, you know, every time we get a bad review on on on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, it's usually people being like, this person pretty much was on the side of Michelle Blair. You know what I mean? That Remember that story? Was that a review? I've, I've seen a couple of reviews that are like, this podcast is terrible. I mean, they are basically siding with Michelle Blair. And wow. that's not what I said. What I said was, if she's telling the no. truth, which we can't tell. Yeah. I understand a person being so angry about hearing that story that it drives them to do something insane. No, you know? we said what she did was wrong. Yes, obviously. Yeah. But we get why. We get what pushed her to that. Absolutely. To what she did. Yeah. We're not saying we're off. What? No, I'm not saying like, yay her. I'm saying if that's what happened, which again, I think the outrage comes from everybody saying she's crazy and you yeah. can't, yeah. she's probably lying. But I'm just a person who goes, Hey man, I don't know if she's lying. She could be both. She could be an evil, crazy person, mm-hmm. and that actually happened. And she snapped and 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 did terrible, terrible things to her kids. Mm-hmm. I think they're terrible, but I understand just hearing something like that, and you go, "Oh, you're just so angry." So my point that I'm saying to your story is like this: he, this guy Carol, he drowned somebody. That's super fucked up. But if every day he's being bullied about his name, probably you know getting in fights, all this kind of stuff, you people can be pushed to do some pretty dark things, yeah. man. And I think that if I was on a jury and this was not a murder, you know, this was an assault, something like that, that would come into consideration for me. Where I would go, I mean, every day they poured milk on him and made fun of his name and punched him in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I, hey, you know, like, you can't treat people like that. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That's just how I feel about that. But, I, you know, you, you can't drown somebody when you're eight. That's, no. cra- that's crazy as hell. Yeah. But also, he got a whole bunch of other shit going on. Like oh. His dad went to war. His yeah. mom's cheating. Yeah, and like abusing him, too. Yeah. And so. making him dress like a girl. Yeah. Yeah, people are All taking time bombs, man. You don't know, man. You. That's why I just treat everybody the same, you know? I'm never addicted to people because you don't know what people got going on at home, right. man. You just, and then you go to school where you get away from it. And you, you, don't, so and you, you got some other shit to deal with. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. You get it. People are not gonna stand that, but yeah, whatever. What I don't, I don't, I don't uh, give a shit yeah. about bad. I don't. <laughs> it is, it I don't is. care. But it, it remind. I, I just. I it, when I went to talk about that, it reminded me of that, and I was like, well, let me watch what I say to make sure I'm not saying. Yeah, no, he drowned that kid. He probably deserved it because he was bully. He was a bully. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I understand somebody being pushed to the. You know when? Oh, uh, just hey, turn the other cheek. Eventually, you can't anymore. Yeah. Everybody's threshold is different, obviously, but eventually you it's that last, oh man, you're the F word or you're gay or you're ugly or what and then I can't I can't back away this time. Mm-hmm. Or they trip you down the steps or whatever and then it's like, okay, everybody's getting stabbed. Everybody's getting punched in the face. Everybody's this. It, you know, so I understand people being pushed too far. Yeah. I mean And this dude had a lot going on, like you said. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. So again, um, he confessed uh, many years later in autobiography he wrote in prison. At the time, at the time of this um, event during a press interview, Cole said, "I was primed. I had made the mental commitment. I was going to get even with my mother, and things just built up and built up. It became a 
became an obsession. Mm. As a teen, Cole committed several petty crimes and was frequently arrested for drunkenness mm. um, and minor thefts. After high school, he joined the U.S. Army but was released under a bad conduct conduct discharge in 1958 for stealing pistols. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, so in 1960, Cole attacked two couples. So Cole attacked two couples parked in cars on Lover's Lane. That was like a really big thing in the 60s, yeah. man. People don't do that anymore. No. I mean, I'm not saying I want to do it, but like the concept of you being in a row of like 15 cars and everybody's fucking or yeah. making out in the car, it's something kind of voyeuristic about that and perverted. And that's crazy to me that that was happening in the 60s and mm-hmm. not now because, you know, everybody now is like sex and free the nipple and, mm-hmm. you know, we do what we want with our bodies. But you don't just see, you don't just, I mean, obviously you can go in the club and everybody's, you know, getting down, yeah. grinding. But, like, the lover's lane thing, that's just not a thing anymore. No. I, I mean, mean you know, plus if somebody see you driving up to a fucking dirt path. Yeah. Some some may be up. They might call the police. Over. Yeah, like, oh, that might be, they got yeah. a body in and there. And then you're fucking caught having sex and then you're a sex offender. Yeah. So. But the idea of, like, a lover's lane, it seems like just like it, it was, was just a thing, thing that yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. was cool with. Yep. Like, I'm going to take, hey, I'm going to take Susie up to lover's lane this yep. weekend. See if I can get to second base. You just park next to another car. Yeah, and they're like, the oh, cars. that's Brian. Hey, man. Well, we're going to do our thing over here, but good to see you made it to Lover's Lane, too. Creeps. <laughs> uh, so soon afterwards, he called the police in Richmond, California, um, where he was living, and told them that he was plagued by violent fantasies involving strangling women. Mm. So this is all from his mom doing all the shit to him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure so the women all probably looked like his mom, too, yeah. vaguely. You know? uh, so Cole spent time in various mental hospitals over the next three years. At the at the last of them, Stockton State Hospital and Dr. Weiss wrote, um, he seems to be afraid of the female figure and cannot have intercourse with her, c- cannot have intercourse with her first, but must kill her before he can do it. Oh, so he still does it? Still does what? Have kill sex him. with the women after he kills after he kills him. Yeah, that's the only oh, way he can wow. do it. Wow. Yeah. Um, but he, he, you're saying he was like, oh man, I think I might hurt somebody, and he turned himself in, and then he spent a couple years in like a like a mental institution. When you said he made the phone call, about yeah, the he called the police. Yeah, that's and, that's and they put him in a mental hospital. That's pretty mature. Yeah, to 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 recognize that you have a problem and try mm-hmm. to seek help is what it sounds like yeah. he did. And then they said they 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 saw that you know he can't have. And of course, unless he kills them first. Yeah. And then let me guess, he got out. At some point, they let him out. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so we approved his release in April 1963, mm-hmm. despite hospital staff having diagnosed Cole with antisocial personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Upon his relief, release, Cole moved to Dallas, Texas, where his brother Richard was living. There, he met and married an alcoholic stripper named Billy Whitworth. So his name, her name is Billy and his name is uh, Carol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though this didn't change his perspective towards women. After two years, he married. He After two years, the marriage ended when Cole burned down a motel after convincing himself that Whitworth was having sex with with other men. Mm. Burn the whole. Other, with other men in that. In the motel. In the motel. Burn the whole thing down. Yeah. Oh, that's super crazy. Yeah. Um, as a result. He was arrested for arson. Upon his release from prison, Cole attempted to strangle an 11-year-old girl in Missouri. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was uh, arrested and sentenced to five years in prison. So, I mean, he's just doing these little spurts. Yeah. In prison. And um, also, this dude is 
That's that's what did that eleven year old say to you? I mean, I look, I, we had a discussion earlier, friend. I know how you, you know, as a person with kids, you know how annoying kids are. Mm-hmm. What eleven year old kid could say something to you where you just like put your hands around the neck like Homer Simpson? I don't know. Nothing. I mean, that's that's wild. Yeah. That's a wild thing to see a kid that's eleven and be like, "What you 11 say to year me?" Eleven year old girl. Eleven yeah, eleven year old girl, and you said, "What'd you say to me?" What and just grab and choke them? That's yeah. why this dude's didn't do, this dude needs to be off the street. I mean, probably she probably didn't say anything. She she probably, I was like, "Your name's Carol." She <laughs> 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 just like he just like went for her neck. Yeah, because kids will cut right to the core, of you man. Oh yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, your ankles are really skinny. Oh, oh God! Like the thing, video, I, the thing said, I'm so ashamed of. For the video, he's like, "Soul's bumps." <laughs> you got eczema. You got eczema. I got what? Eczema. <laughs> you know, like who says that, man? Why would you say that to a person? You think you see they have a facial, a skin problem, and you call them out on it? Why you got all these bumps on your face? You got eczema. <laughs> Kid was like five. Why do you know what eczema is? That shit was hilarious. Man. I was like, <laughs> so rude, man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I so- choked that kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. You got eczema. <laughs> I'm sensitive about my skin. <laughs> it's a medical problem, you know. Uh, so yeah. So Cole attempted to strangle 11 year old girl in Missouri. He was arrested and sentenced to five years in prison. After the sentence was up, um, Cole ended up in Nevada. So he's I mean, he's Damn. all over the place. Uh, where he attempted he to kick the baby. No, <laughs> where he attempted to strangle two more women. Jesus Christ. Once again, he checked himself into a mental hospital. So, I mean, he's aware of that yeah, he's man. nuts. Yeah, Like, um, just... I, these are the stories that make me the most mad. Because we've done a, a few stories where the person's like, Hey, man, I'm, something's wrong with me. Yeah. I, I need to be locked away. And they're like, well, well, you've been here about six months. I think you're cured now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, go back out on the street, man. And then they kill somebody. Right, yeah. Uh, so once again, he checked himself into a mental hospital. The doctors there noted his murderous fantasies, but still elected uh, not to detain him. And he was given a ticket back to San Diego. They gave him a ticket? Yeah. Oh, they were like, <laughs> they were like, look, man, we think you're dangerous. So just get out of this city. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. So Cole's first victim as an adult was Essie Buck, whom he picked up at a San Diego tavern on May 7, 1971. He strangled her to death in his car and drove around with her body in a truck before eventually dumping it. Wow. Just two weeks later, he killed an unidentified woman and buried her in a wooded area. He later claimed that they had proven themselves unfaithful to their husbands and so reminded him of his, his adulterous mother. Mm. Yep. But he's saying unfaithful to their husband with him? I, I guess. That's super nuts. Yeah. Where it's like, they fucked me, so they're not good people. It's like, well, why don't you just try not try to fuck him then? Yeah. Well, I mean, unless I think he just assumes that. Um, I don't see them coming out saying, you know, I'm married. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you look, you look unfaithful. Yeah. Uh, so in July 1973, Cole married um, barmaid Diane Paschal, who was an alcoholic. So I mentioned her earlier. No, wait. No, that wasn't her. That's Billy. Billy, Yeah. yeah. So this is Diane Paschal, who was an alcoholic. I saw alcoholic, and I just assumed he's got a type. Yeah. (laughs) They argue and fought frequently. I mean, probably them being drunk. Yeah. And Cole regularly went off on his own for days at a time. He would commit murders Mm. while he was away, including one woman he allegedly cannibalized. Oh wow. To a degree, yeah. Took some little some little bites. Yeah. Wow. Uh, September 1979, Cole strangled Paschal to death. A suspicious neighbor called the police eight days later, 
But although they found Paschal's body wrapped in a blanket, this is great, wrapped in a blanket and stuffed in the closet, they decided that she had died because her of her heavy drinking. Are you serious? <laughs> what year is this? 73. This is Man, 73. cops were so bad. I it's, mean. That's crazy. You telling me she killed herself. Wrapped herself in a blanket and, and, and got in the closet. Spun in a blanket. It didn't take a sneeze. Some detective came there with like a a, a brown de- duster coat and a detective cap and was like, <laughs> "Open and shut case." Clearly, she got drunk off alcohol, rolled around on the bed, and then hopped in the closet and she just laid there until she died. Let's wrap this up, boys. Open and shut. That's like, that's wild. So they they basically amazing. ruled it like a suicide or something. Yep. Wow, that's wild. Uh, yep. They decided that she had died because of her heavy drinking, and Cole was released without charge after questioning man i mean that's wild open and shut case that yeah he's guilty yeah you have a <laughs> he killed her i yeah. mean you know and and what shocks me the most is this dude so honest he might have been like yeah man uh it was no 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 hey man no need to even try to <laughs> don't even try to make any guesses about this carol hey guys his name's carol <laughs> no need to make any guesses clearly she did this to herself yeah. because she's such an alcoholic why don't you go ahead home and he was like uh all right, cool. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, uh, she clearly did it to herself. Alcohol, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so Cole left San Diego and started moving around again. In 1979, Cole met Marie Cushman, Cushman at a bar in Las Vegas. The same evening, the two went to a motel where they had sex. He then killed her by strangulation. Mm. Following the Las Vegas killings, he returned to Dallas. I mean, he's all, he's he's all around, man. Yeah, where he fatally strangled three more women. In November 1980, Cole was sus- was a suspect in the second of these killings and was able and was also found on the scene of the third murder. So they caught, they caught him in the act. They caught his ass, yeah. <laughs> what they go, hey man, what are you doing here? It's cool, man. This woman obviously stabbed herself. Go ahead and go home. <laughs> that's the kind of luck this dude seems yeah, to have. Yeah, not this time. So he was arrested and held in custody. The police then came to the conclusion that the victim had probably died of natural causes. Are you serious? <laughs> This dude has a horseshoe up his ass, man. They found him at the scene. Found him at the scene. And they were like, no, you must. Wrong place, wrong time yep. again for you, Carol. I'm thinking like, oh, they got him. Wrong. That's wild. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, they said that the victim probably died of natural causes. And Cole was able, was I'm sorry, Cole was about to be ruled out as a suspect before he confessed. Oh. <laughs> He's been trying to get caught for like the last 25 years. He finally was like, I just want to be in jail, man. I mean, he turned himself in multiple times, though. This was like, look, yeah. something is wrong with me. You know, I'm having these crazy fantasies. I, I must be stopped. And they were like, hey, man, you know what? Natural causes again. Clearly, you were just at this woman's house, you know, just hanging out. And she just died. So he's like, enough. <laughs> I did it. Arrest me, please. I am an I'm a monster. Please. Yep. Yeah. So he confessed to along with the murder and all of the other killings. Mm. Cole claimed that he had murdered at least four, at least 14 women wow. over the previous nine years although he added that they may have been more and couldn't remember exactly i'm sure as he was usually drunk when he committed his crimes oh wow <laughs> yeah drunk carol you know who knows how many body <laughs> that that body count you yeah. get blackout drunk so on april 9th 1981 cole was convicted of three of the murders uh committed in texas he was sentenced to life at the huntsville prison in 1984, Cole's mother died, and his attitude was report was reported to ch- have changed. Oh, 
Um, he agreed to face further murder charges filed in Nevada, even though it could possibly mean the death penalty. So in, in February 1984, Cole was extradited to Nevada, where he was tried and convicted for the strangulation deaths of two women in 1977 and 79. In October 1984, Cole was sentenced to death in Nevada. Mm. When his sentencing was passed, he said, thanks, judge. Damn. Yeah. So he, was re he was ready to go once his mom died. He's like, I just feel free now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Anti-death penalty campaigners included the American Civil Liberties Union tried to have his sentence commuted, but Cole, but Cole protested. Cole was executed <laughs> he, by... He protested <laughs> against the people that were trying to save him? Yeah. <laughs> this dude like, has been wanting to like, die. no. <laughs> what do you know? What are you doing? Why does everybody keep trying to bail this dude out of trouble, man? The justice system, people... Don't kill him. Like, no, kill me. I, I, kill me. Don't stay. No. Mind your business. Right. So Cole was uh, executed by lethal injection in Nevada State Prison on December 6, 1985. Damn. That's that my favorite murder, Carol Cole. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That is pretty fucking wild that this dude just... And then while he's in jail, he's feeling so free. His mom died. He's like, you know what? And I killed a kid when I was eight. Just got away with a lot Just feeling honest, shit. man. Once his mom died, that weight came off his shoulders. He was ready to face death. And then yeah. some people, as in a pattern of what his life has been, were like, hey, man, listen, this guy deserves to live. And he was like, I'm sick of people trying to get me. I, I want to be in jail and I want to die now. Leave me alone. But I understand, you know, people, you know, I mean, I'm I'm I've, I've made, a, you know, my, my thoughts on uh, the death penalty clear, but I'm not going out, you know, making a picket sign for much of anything honestly yeah. i'm not i'm not a i'm not a protester so i don't really have the stamina for it or you know <laughs> the passion to make a clever sign yeah. i just have my thoughts i don't think it, i don't think the death penalty is uh just i don't think it's like i think an eye for an eye is a, a weird way to run a society it's very biblical like you know i think the saying is like an eye for an eye makes everybody blind and i think that's kind of deep but um he told them people fuck, fuck off like yeah. no I want to die leave me alone that's the first for me I never heard that before Yeah, somebody being like don't help me take your pick of signs and go away I yeah. want this he's ready so thanks judge you know? yeah. shit I'm Carol Cole now. man shit yeah. wow. that was that one well it's been a while and I was foiled on our pre-record -pre I thought I would have got you in the next episode and I didn't so I have one question for you Fran are you ready? Yep. All right. You better fucking be. <laughs> and now it's time for True Crime's hottest game show. Frazzle. Fran. Frazzle, Fran. Frazzle, Fran. Solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay. He's a superstar either way. Look out. It's time to Frazzle Fran. Ah, oh, that's right. Welcome to the triumphant return of Frazzle Fran, the true crime game show where I try to fluster, flummox, and frazzle my partner in true crime. Fran, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Your case this week. Chip is never allowed to leave his home, even though he is middle-aged. When he leaves his home under strict supervision, Thousands of people come to watch him. Chip is in excellent health and has no known mental problems. He is well cared for and never complains about his restrictive living arrangements. Fran, 
Why doesn't Chip complain? And what is his profession? Your clues? Chip is an athlete who follows his instincts. Chip is a professional, yet earns no money for himself. And although Chip could survive in the outside world, he would lose his job. Also, Chip loves to go to the races. Fran, why doesn't Chip complain about his why doesn't Chip complain about his living arrangement and what is his profession? Hmm. Are we read the thing here? What the clues or the whole thing? Uh, the whole thing. I don't need the clues. Okay. Chip is never allowed to leave his home alone. Even though he is middle-aged. When he leaves his home under strict supervision, thousands of people come to watch him. Chip is in excellent health and has no known mental problems. He is well cared for and never complains about his restrictive living arrangements. Why doesn't Chip complain and what is his profession? Hmm. Why doesn't he complain what is his profession? So it's why doesn't he complain? Why doesn't That's he complain I'm... about you know his restrictive living and what is his profession? Because he can't talk. Okay. He can't. That's why he can't complain because he can't talk. That's your answer? No. But is okay. that is that right to the first part? No. I don't really know how to answer that. He's an animal. No. I, are you telling me this or are you asking me this? I'm asking you. He's an animal. You need to give me an answer. I'm not here. He's an animal. That's why he can't talk. I'm gonna go with that. Okay. And he races. He's a horse race person. He's a horse. He's a dog, so fucking yeah, uh, yeah, great, yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, I'm getting, I'm getting the clues. Uh, yes, uh, Chip is an animal. He's a dog, and he is a dog racer. Yep, and that is why he doesn't complain about. Uh, that's why he doesn't complain about uh, his living arrangement because that is what a living arrangement for a dog is. This yep. is something. Whatever. This is mm-hmm. something. Um, I'm getting new clues. This, this, this ten is. Hey man, look. This is stupid now. And, I'm getting uh, good at this. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've. Uh, <laughs> I, I think doing these have like stimulated your brain in this way, where yeah, it's, it's working differently yeah. than it usually works. Yep. And so now I need to up the difficulty of the clues. Uh, this has been another week where he just steamrolls through this. Uh, Is that three critical thinking skills? Like, man, it's like five. I don't think you've missed one in 2019. Is that three though? I done three. I've got. Is that like the third, second set of three? Probably. I mean, so I don't understand next. what you're asking me. It's my <laughs> oh, turn is it your third in a row? Yeah. Mm, uh, mm. No, I think it's that. No, I think you need one more. more. You need yeah. one more. You need one more. Because, no, wait, no. Yeah, that is three because, oh, it is? no, because I, you, you, yep. you got one yep. and then I thought you were going to get frazzled uh, the neck, the one after we recorded the the pre-record, yep. and I was wrong, so that was and two right there. And then you got that one. Yep, my turn. Great. Yes. This is just this is really backfire. Hey, you know, all listeners out there, you go ahead hit the inbox. You know, send me some you know some good riddles or you know some we can we can uh, frazzle Alvin. This is really, for next this week. Is, this whole thing is really backfired on me. I mean, um, you owe two now, bro. You need to we need to get on. Am I owing two? Yep. I don't know. This is so stupid. I'm gonna get new clues. This will not happen anymore. I'm, this is this is not. You're not being frazzled, and it's not. It's, it's, it's starting to piss me off. I'm getting angry, and I will crush you. You will hear the DJ. You will not hear the DJ Khaled anymore after today. You will hear the booze and 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 and, and uh that clip from Half Baked. 
where the dude, boo this man! You will hear that again, Fran. I promise you that. Anyway, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by the fucking four-leaf clover up his ass, (laughs) Riddle Master, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park